Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. It is a Monday on Ausbiz. It is time for the call. 10 stocks that you want looked at by our expert panel. We've got the A-team on today. Nathan Somersandaran from Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, good, good to see you. Good weekend. Yeah, look, it was raining. Kids were stuck. They were going a bit feral, but all yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, are you uh, spooked by the American market over the weekend? No, not really. Good. Um, small fall, 1%. It's nothing. That means, you know, it retained 90%, 99% of its value. Yeah. <laughs> oh, always the glass positive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've got to be an optimist in this the, game. The yin and yang. Yeah. Uh, we always run out of time yeah. when we have these two on. Uh, so we're going to get straight into it. Nathan, you've got a couple of graphs. Yeah, got uh, three this time. You've brought up to uh, make us aware of. Yeah, uh, yeah. What? Oh, look, you know, you've always heard about the cycles from me. Um, look, we've had a 40-year falling bond yields. Right. This is... Basically, what the U.S. corporates have enjoyed, 40 years of falling global tax rate. Right. So if you think wow. about the positive, so that's what they've been able to run and hide from yeah. different, different countries. Interesting. So there is a reason why the U.S. Uh, um, White House is now pushing for global minimum tax, at least put a floor on it. Wow. So the reality is that cycle, just like the bond yield cycle, is turning after 40 years. Okay, it's so I'll t- have to pay more tax. Exactly. This isn't tax rates of different companies. This is how global, global corporates that's right. have been able to uh, wangle the system for themselves that's right. by so, having bits in exactly. Ireland and all that sort of that's stuff. That's right. Right. By price fixing. Now, you look at that and say, okay, so they've actually benefited from this on the bond yields, on the mm. debt side, on the tax side, they've benefited as well. Then you flip across to what the inflation is doing. So the next chart is producer price index in the US market. So the red line, it's at all time high. Now, if you look at previous cycles, this is where the the central banks and governments give you alternative facts. But the real fact is, if you look at the red line, the only time the red line actually comes down is in a crash or a recession. The rest of the time it goes up. So what they're talking about is the level of how much it goes up. So as you can see, the red line producer price index inflation, which is basically the corporate cost based inflation, yeah. is gone straight up in the last six months. Wow. It's a subst- I mean, six to 12 months. It's had a massive run. And that has to flow through. Exactly. This is where the inflation pressure gets in. So if you think about where the US corporates are heading, you have historical low cost of borrowing, historical low tax rate, and historical high costs. The costs are going to hang around because yeah. as you have seen from the chart, it doesn't come off unless you have a crash or a recession. So if you're th- thinking there is no crash or a recession, 
then costs will remain high. They might not go up mm. so much, but it's going to remain pretty high. So if you think about higher tax rate, higher cost of borrowing, all of these things are going to squeeze the margin. Okay, and the third one? The third, third one, one. Is, uh, is your margin lending. So if you think of the other side of that, the, mar the market is putting into it. So the margin lending is at all time high. So if you look at what, how much money that was in margin lending, um, so if you look at what so happened- So margin lending to invest in the share market. That's right. So it's gone, at dot-com, we had about 200, 250 billion. Mm. Um, in the pre-GFC, we had about, what, 350, 400 billion? Gee, that's yeah. scary. Yeah, it? we're now 900 yeah. billion. Wow. Because mm. I remember talking to Matt Common, not that, couple of months ago, because they have Comsec, of course, the biggest of the online trade. And I said, are you worried about borrowing? And he said, well, no, because investors weren't in the housing market at that stage. They've come back since. And he said, we've got record low margin lending on, yeah. our, on our share market book. But that was about four months ago. Yeah. So in the US, this is the US data. US, and I'm, right. I'm concentrating on the US market because that's where the, the yeah. real inflection So we is. could be quite different here. Exactly. But we move with, with the US. Yeah. If the US market falls, we fall. Yeah. Now, the interesting part about that is this is the problem. We are going into... The reason the Fed actually said we're going to look at tapering and rate hike cycle is not because they want to do it. They have no choice. Right. They've got a couple of weeks before the, their corporate season starts. And for me, the outlook statements are going to tell you costs are rising, margins are under pressure. Your outlook statement into the next couple of years, that is almost a given. Mm -hmm. Now, US has gone through a period where they've had better and better earnings beat. And so yeah. you go into it, we are sitting at historical high multiples. And this is what's spooking the market. Right. So the inflation is real. Whether they want to accept it or not, that is what the data is. And the data clearly shows costs don't come off unless you have a mass. Inflation's cycle. real, interest rates going up, yep. tax rates going up. So, so you have to be very selective so in stuff. picking stocks. So the, the share markets. Exactly. So we, we've gone up on purely, no, not really, because there's segments of the market. Now, the beauty of it is that it's the passive money. The mm. massive outperformance in the passive money is just buying the index. That is going to seriously struggle in the next decade. This is where active investing is going to make a huge difference. Mm. Active investing lost a lot of this shine in the, over the last five, six years. Because, because everything's gone up. Interest rates fell to nothing. Everything went up. Yeah. You just buy the most leveraged dog out there and it barked the most. Now, the difference is the cycle mm. is going to turn. Active investing is going to take over. Uh, but, but this is the biggest thing. It's going to be a much more aligned to real valuation. None of these fancy 100 PE stocks. That's right. going to be reset. So this is, okay. this is actually, I would say, we are setting up for a very good future for people like Gurat who invest on value the man. Gee, that was an early comment. That was an early comment. Hey, Gaurav, do you want to respond to all that? He's absolutely correct. Everything you're saying is right. Look, what Mr. Sunshine has drawn attention to is a much neglected data point. And that is the share of, the profit share that's going to corporates versus the profit share that goes to labor or workers. Um, that's historically been um, uh, mean reverting. You know, it's gone up and down in either direction and it's always stabilised around a mean. Yep. And over the last maybe 10 or 15 years, it has exploded up towards the corporate side. Okay. Um, and that's caused all sorts of society problems. Um, mm -hmm. It may be responsible for over-earning across the board. Some of Nathan's graphs sort of indicate why that might be. Um, Jeremy Grantham, who's you know, an investing oh. hero of mine, calls yeah. this one of the most mean, reliably mean reverting 
time series in finance. Yeah. So got, he's expecting it to fall as well. I think um, he's, he's <coughs> got it right. Like, I mean, I at mm. one point was trying to work for, for them in Boston, except <laughs> we had kids and my wife said, get the hell back. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, in saying that, oh, look, mm. I, I love their, what they do. Uh, I'd, kill okay. pe- I'd kill people for the data he has. Um, and yeah, he's he completely does. right <coughs> in the context that what we have is an unsas- unsustainable model. Mm. But in saying that, there are areas which will substantially benefit because of the reset okay. of what's going to play. Mm. There is no choice. The governments will have to raise wages because 60-70% of the economy relies on consumer spending. Yep. You, you yep. can't have the cake and eat it. So there oh, is a reset yeah. that's going to for, for investors, one of the lessons here is beware the company that looks like it's over-earning. Yes. Profit margins that are too high, returns that are too high, yes. they are just as much a risk, just as much a threat as the opposite, as margins okay. that are too low, returns that are too low. Um, And too often, I think, investors approach over-earning with glee, thinking that it's permanent and that it just uh, exposes how wonderful a business is. Often, it's just a cyclical high. And we have to get used to thinking in those terms. It's that cycle. I think people tend to look at two, three-year cycles, and they forget the big long-term cycle. These are 40-year cycles that most investors have never seen. Okay. It's turning. So, and it's turning the way that we think as investors. All right, a stock that you should be looking at, stock of the day. Mm. Uh, Boral, set to sell its North American building products business to Westlake for just shy of $3 billion, with the company saying it's also looking at a JV divestment or some other approach to its troubled uh, North American fly ash business as it assesses options for shareholders. Now it has some $500 million in surplus capital. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, share registry activity on Boral, uh, driven by uh, mm. seven group holdings who have wanted this. Um, is it a good move, Gaurav? And Absolutely. Does this turn around sentiment on Boral stock? I actually think it might. This is a fantastic move, about 10 years too late. Yeah. <laughs> um, Boral has had for a long time a quite a strong domestic building products business. Um, I think the last number I saw is they generate domestically a return on capital um, in the double digits, sort of uh, between 10 and 15%, depending on how the cycle goes. Now, globally, for building products, that is exceptional. It's actually a pretty decent little business in Australia. And what's happened is that they've used that capital and just um, bought awful businesses, primarily in America, but but overseas. And that's diluted the whole group. So this is a a business with a reasonably high quality domestic base that's just been very poorly managed for a really long time. And now you've got a new management in there and looks like they're trying to cut some of the excess fat off. So Fly Ash will go, that's an awful business. I'll be surprised if they get as much as they hope for. Um, This American business is actually not too bad. It's big but very low margin, low returning, probably 5% return on capital. Right. But this is the time in the cycle to sell yes. it. I'm yeah. actually surprised they didn't get a higher price than, than $3 oh, billion. I would have thought okay. they would have got a bit more than that. Um, but I think this is a great move. Now, the, the test will be, how do they reinvest this capital? Um, there's opportunities in the domestic market. I still think there's more divestments for them to make. Um, but if they can cut through all the rubbish, there's actually a decent business inside Boral probably worth seven bucks a share or so. So I think the market's onto this, but you've got to add the surplus capital as well. So look, I think the opportunity is largely gone. And it was a hard one to pick up because you needed um, a big change from past behavior and there's no guarantee you're going to get it. And that's what Seven Group brought in though. Yes, I think that's right. Basically threatened them. You needed needed a big powerful shareholder to come in and force management to do this. So 
Um, you know, I, I, so I wouldn't give management too much credit for it. They should right. have done it a decade ago. So miss the boat, do you reckon? Mm. Yes, I think so. There might be a bit more in it, but I think the the best opportunity has gone. Yeah. But I, I also hasten to add that it was not an obvious opportunity very low because it was unclear whether this would happen. Right. Yeah. I'll, sadly, I'll start with agreeing with Graham. Um, <laughs> You've been very good. Uh, I know. 13 I know. minutes oh, into well, I'll come up with a head high tackle soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, this is poor man's James Hardy. I mean, yep. really poor man's James Hardy. Yep. I mean, Really, mm -hmm. really poor man's. Um, so James Hardy is the best of the best. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, it's a top 10 stock for me. It does well. If it's running up, this is the dog that gets dragged by it. Yeah. Um, so the only t reason that you bought it is because it's a bit like Sims Metal with Blue Scope. When one's shooting the lights out, you look for the dog that's straying behind and you go, yeah, I'll take that too. And Bore was that. Um, Seven Group was basically playing this thematic. They were just mm -hmm. going to jump in, buy it, split it, sell it. Yep. And uh, they're doing it because they're going to be someone's going to do it over the top of them so mm. um they're doing what they're doing i think that's priced in i'm not chasing it here um, yeah. we actually got out of james hardy recently look i think the american oh, market oh, did you yeah. okay Why? so uh, look it's great but it's priced for being great right um, and rates are going up um okay. and my housing data data would suggest that we're going to be in a peak they are undersupplied so right. there will be a cycle back mm. but it's priced too much for it mm. so i think the short term there's more risk than return there oh. um so if james hardy says sell this is a Every time, <laughs> throw it out. every time over the years that we've had a sell on James Hardy, we have been wrong. Right, okay. <laughs> we have plenty of buyers on the stock as well, but every time we've decided to but sell it, it's been the again, wrong So what did you switch into? Um, Forgotten now. Um, look, we've had a bit more defensive plays in, right. so domestic earnings. Your ugly that, insurance. Oh, yeah, we had insurance. insurance. <laughs> I think, I think at, at that time, I think we went into mm. um, Telstra, ASX, Okay. On the pullback, so we kind okay. of got them, and they've right. had a decent bounce. Okay. So, uh, mm -hmm. look, uh, I think the whole uh, building sector, everyone knows, it's yeah. priced in. And this one, again, when Seven Group is involved, they're like the Anaconda. They get in there, buy, 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 wait for the management, cyclical load, then they grind it and they take it. You don't yeah. get the premium. Yeah. So don't get excited that you're going to get a takeover premium. That just doesn't come to you. No, so no, no. Go somewhere else. But if you'd bought in when Seven Group oh, bought in, yeah, you'd, you'd done, done well. well. Yeah, Followed the smart well. money. Mm. All right, uh, James wants a view, uh, mates, and on wide open agriculture. Mm. Yeah, didn't know much about this. Yes. Um, yeah, no, actually, uh, funny enough, we learned, uh, well, I picked it up from the show. Right. Somebody originally put it up, and I went, oh, because it's. And they're in with Curtin University, yes, aren't they, on yeah. new age agriculture? Meatless products food. And grain. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, they're, they're, look, this is. No, I wouldn't say it's an investment play. This is a, a punt on the future growth. It's a yeah. really interesting sector. The connection with the university gives it credibility. I think it's interesting. Um, I think, it, look, this is a massive sector in the US has had huge growth. So potentially there is a lot of upside, but again, they have to prove their case and these things take a lot longer than what you think. It's a bit like a biotech. So, you know, most biotechs I've followed and I've followed them for more than decades. Um, it takes a decade. Yeah. So these things can take time, but you've got to be there when they get it right. Um, so it's not, look, it's an interesting topic. Um, and I think the sector is of good interest and the dynamics is playing out. So I'd put a bit of money in it. Yeah, looks interesting, got all the right ticks, but it's a long story. It, you know, right. this, can, this can go to nothing. So you, you are punting on something, but look, at, they've got the right areas and they've got the right partners. So this should be interesting. So I, I have been following it since I learned about it this on the show. So right. I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm so not jumping in right now, right. Mm -hmm. but it's had the, you know, the over excitement at the start, the steroid yeah. run and it's come off yeah. and it's now Jeez, people are waiting that, to yeah. see it prove itself. So yeah. I think it's, look, okay, I'll put a bit of money. On it. Yeah, it's one where I'll put a bit of money, but it's really a punt. Okay. 
Certainly a punt, a hundred million dollar business. Um, I was generally when I come across a business with the word agriculture in it, yeah. that's pretty much the end of my research. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit harsh. <laughs> but this one, I was forced to look a bit deeper and um, I'm glad I did. I, I must agree, this is actually much better than I thought it was going to be. There's a legitimate technology here, a legitimate idea here, an awful lot of ambition. What they're essentially trying to do, they've taken some food technology from Curtin University and trying to commercialize it and um, I think you can you can cut it down by saying they're trying to replace soy as a as a meatless um, protein, protein source, yeah. and they're using that. It's called it's called lupin. It's a it's a mm. high protein, um, high nutrient, um, plant based food which they process mm. in a specialized way, and they're selling that as a raw ingredient that goes into um, dairy products and meat products, and also fast food and restaurant chains. But then later on down the track, they also actually then want to establish their own brands and control those brands and fill it with um, their, their lupin-based um, food. That's the really large upside. I think the margins from doing that will be sort of 10x compared to the uh, per kilo margins from selling the, the raw feed. And at the moment, they're building a processing facility. I think they're in a stage where they're still sucking in a fair bit of capital at this stage. I like, the, the board and management actually seem quite good. I was surprised by the caliber of people. The idea seems quite good. Mm. The funding will require a bit of work. There's probably some more cap raises to yeah. come. And I think the hardest challenge here is really the two market strategy. They need to get a way to get their product and turn it into a brand and get it on supermarket shelves. And right. I haven't really seen a clear strategy for that yet. So I would also put on the watch list. It's on my watch list now. Okay. It's doing some really interesting stuff with some really uh, well-credentialed people. Um, mm. But it's a bit early for me to put some money in at this okay. stage. See, mm -hmm. I, I like everything related mm. to food at this point because of the inflation cycle. Mm. And I understand your thing about agriculture. I mean, you buy it when it, everyone throws it out, right? So, but you want to keep an eye on it. I think all food thematics in an inflation mm. cycle has to be of interest. Okay. It is the big beneficiaries are commodities whether it's soft or hard commodities. So you've got yeah. to keep an eye on for it. So products. then do you keep an eye on elders yes. and oh, I'm, a, I'm a buyer of elders now. You're a buyer yep, builder. Yep. I think um, we, we got in about a month, month and a half ago. Right. Um, we got out of uh, mining stocks about a month, month and a half ago. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, we've gone into a few agriculture stocks. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Liam wants a view on Whitehaven Coal. Uh, seven days ago, we uh, mm. looked at New Hope, which you both liked. Yes. But both said you prefer Whitehaven Coal. Yes. <laughs> over New Hope. Yeah, this Nothing's is... Nothing's changed? Um, no, I still prefer Whitehaven Coal. Um, our portfolios own both Whitehaven and, and New Hope. We actually added to the Whitehaven position last week, I believe. Right. Um, I personally own both stocks as well. Um, the cheapest we bought Whitehaven was about 90 cents. The dearest we bought it was about $1.70. So we've been, we've been sort of in there for a while. Right. Um, and it, we've been in there for so long, persistent for so long, because the idea just looks completely unloved, completely contrarian, and, and very, very lucrative. Um, if I plot, plug in spot coal prices, and I don't think spot coal prices are unsustainable, they're not crazy, it's not the equivalent of $200 iron ore, yeah. um, they're slightly above average um, historically, and that's all. I, I get free cash flow yields of 30% on Whitehaven, and about 30%, maybe, maybe a bit more, on New Hope. Mm. Um, Whitehaven, um, they have a couple of mines. Um, they're experiencing problems on one of them, which is um, Narrabri, which is a long wall mining operation. Now, without turning this into a, a, a geotechnical lesson, um, long wall <coughs> is, a, is a mining technique that's come under a lot of pressure because it, 
there are a few projects around the world where long wall mining has caused issues and Narrabri is one of them. Now um, when you get an issue pop up it means your, your, um, your output gets cut, your costs go up and it impact, impacts the rest of your operation as well and that's what's happening with Whitehaven at the moment. Usually they sell a very high quality coal but without that Narrabri production their, right. their um, quality has actually collapsed a little bit and, and into this market, it's really hit margins. You're getting lower prices. Yeah. You're getting lower prices. This is a completely temporary phenomena. They've already outlined a solution to this. Um, and, uh, and my, my so view, it's fixable. It's already being fixed. I think oh. you'll see the impact of this wash through um, this year and from next year, it should be business as usual. They've got a very long operating history of good performance. The core mine is outstanding and it's the only coal miner in Australia with a um, expansion opportunity at Vickery, um, fully regulated, fully approved, fully funded. Mm -hmm. Um, and a high quality mine at that. Okay. So I actually think this is worth about four bucks. I cannot, no matter how I tweak the numbers, can't get under three dollars for this. I think it's worth between four and five dollars and it's a buy for me. Yep. But uh, I understand the ESG concerns. That is the opportunity here. It's because so many people are unwilling to buy it um, that there's an opportunity here for those who are. Okay. Uh, God, I hate agreeing again. I know, what's going on no, here? No, this is weird. We'll, we'll agree for the different <laughs> well, yeah, reasons. Yeah. Different Agreed on you, Hope, last yeah. week. Look, I, I, don't, I don't mind them simply because of the dynamics of what Gaurav said. In the fact that it's, it's had that period for a number of years where everyone who wanted to get out is out. Yeah. So the people who are coming in are the people who believe in the cash flow plan. And you have to remember, I don't see anyone going and digging a new hole for a call. Hmm. Anyway, you know, getting approval and getting through that process. So in that context, the supply-demand dynamics have reached that level where the demand is now pushing on limited supply and you're getting that rise. Yeah. So in that context, you know, as ugly as it may look, and ESG is probably completely against it and all of that, it still looks interesting. My worries with commodities, and we've been a fan of it since middle of last year, is that China is moving in, and you, in the short term, we see a US dollar bounce, which has happened over the last week, um, and it'll hit all commodities, and China is curbing it. Ch one of the main consumers of energy in major parts of China has been uh, a lot of crypto miners, mm. and China is oh, going aggressively okay. to shut them down. And yeah. they've literally put a timeline, I love their timelines, they go, by the end of this week, you go bye-bye. <laughs> and when they, when they say you go bye-bye, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. why people are now running around trying to find spots around the world. And Texas, Austin, where I used to be, yeah. Austin, Texas is now becoming a potential site because they can get cheap energy because right. the energy problem. Right. Right? Yeah. And so for these guys, <laughs> it's... They're, they're the digital version of an aluminium smelter. Exactly. <laughs> but they can move. Uh, right. But given what's happening in uh, freight, it'll be delayed. Right. But that we might see a substantial drop in energy consumption in some parts of China mm. by the end of this month. And mm. nobody else can do these things, right? Only China can. Yeah. And that's why we, we got really a defensive one. Because if you look through the last 15, 20 years, again, love my cycles, China tells you when they tell you we're gonna bring we're gonna stabilize commodity prices, okay. you better be sure they're yeah. gonna stabilize it. And they do. And this is one of those where but I think, again, this is a cross between what's China trying to control and commodity on a global scale supply-demand dynamics. That's why I'm a bit like the two commodities I'm looking at. One is gold because China actually likes gold. So in that context, I'm happy with that. Um, and coal because everyone hates coal. So yeah. in that context, it's interesting. So I think I wouldn't jump in right now, but if you're in it, I'll be holding it because right. I think the dynamics is so one-sided that you, know, you, you would actually end up doing okay. The great thing about about coal, well, great thing about coal, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, but that sounds terrible. But the, the interesting thing about coal 
is that um, the supply response is likely to be timid at best mm. um, because no one, no one will get approval. No one is get approval. Yeah. So no. you could have these um, highish prices sustained for a really long time. Yeah. And also, uh, I, I'm a believer in the renewable energy over time. Yeah. Yeah. But any delay in those things will require someone else to fill the gap and yep. existing infrastructure and will, will need call. And so that's why in the shorter term, I think your supply side shocks are likely to be in your favor than against you. So okay. that's the upside. All right. Uh, Trevor wants a view on uh, O-Media, Nathan, the, uh, the big outdoor signage group, marketing group. Big fan. Um, I think it's one of those stocks that have been ignored, that uh, heavily ignored. Um, I mean, I was talking to my mate who runs a, a bakery in Wynyard. Actually, this morning I got my free coffee. Uh, makes a good, t really You get coffee. your free coffee? Uh, he gives me what sort of mate are you? Exactly. Nah, no, Support his business, you type. Uh, he won't take. <laughs> he actually won't pay, take my bloody money. Oh, he okay. will never take All it. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get and, on with and, it. And he, he you know, he's, he feeds me too. Actually, he's coming over next week, so it's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was telling me that the traffic is back about 80%. Mm. Right, that's what I thought. 80 90%. Yeah, well, yeah, no, he actually thought it would be down, but we were sitting there looking at the traffic coming out of Winyard, okay. and this was around 6 a.m. and it was strong, like it's okay. better than the last couple right. of weeks. So it's been improving. Um, the other thing I would say is I was sitting there having coffee with a friend of mine, and we were looking at the um, digital screens. It doesn't look bad, I'm loved. No, it was, but again, this is a lot higher before, yeah. And so, this is the, the big thing with this is just the media spend. So that you know, I think you look, think, you look at things like Amazon, um, eBay, and uh, Gumtree, all of these guys are trying to capture the market because they've had the online market that I wanted to yeah. go away. There's a lot more ads. Retail sector spending is curtailing, so they're putting more ads out there. The government is starting to do a lot of ads for the election yeah. that's coming that yeah. hasn't been called yet. So again, all of these things are going into more ad spending. Channel you know, 9 Entertainment, 7 West Media, all upgraded. They're the bigger players, so it has to flow through. This is a unique outdoor model. Yeah. I think there's a lot of upside. Um, okay. I think the stock is, oh, it's I'll a classic value to look at the five years. Exactly, yeah. so I think this is, this is going back higher, but it's a cyclical growth story. That's yeah. what I love about Be it. Be careful about this chart though, because what it doesn't show you is that um, oh, the, the share rise. count. Yes. Yeah, yes. the right. share count has gone up probably 4X over yeah. the last five years. Okay. Yeah. It's a company so for those to, don't under, if, if you've got four times more shares, that, that dollar eighty is the equivalent to almost seven dollars mm. five years ago. Yes, is, that's right. So that tricks a lot of people. Don't and they? and again, you have to adjust that because they use that a, a lot of those raisings were used to buy competitors. Yes. Um, so you're actually yeah. buying more revenue, Growth, and more yeah. profit. So it, it's it's not a sector that's crazy. gone through consolidation. It has, and year. and the, the the next largest competitor has also been consolidating. So I think you've got about right. five competitors have now morphed into two. Mm. Yeah. So and then those two competitors actually compete in very different areas. Um, so uh, APN is really strong. The competitor is really strong in, in road, for example, and these guys are really strong in airport lounges and inside inside yeah. malls at sports arenas. Um, actually, these guys are strong in all the areas that have been very hit, hard hit by COVID. Yeah, right. okay. And that's why the normalized profit here is probably twice what the company is actually making today. So I know it looks very silly on multiples now, but I think this is potentially trading on sort of 14, 15 times earnings yeah. if you normalize that profit. Management's pretty good. The founder has just left, but there's a deep management team there. Right. And they're actually, what they're doing is they're digitizing their, um, their uh, analog assets. So the, the paper um, 
the paper posters are being turned into digitized mm. assets, mm -hmm. and this, you know, the yield you get out and of each get, one get yes. much, yeah. much yeah. more, yeah. much so more profit, much more turnover, less maintenance, and you're actually more likely then to retain your position because you actually own the um, the physical asset. Yeah. Um, so you're more likely to be the one who renews their lease on the position okay. there, and that's right. that's the big opportunity as well. It's actually a better than average quality business. My problem really here is the balance sheet has just been really, the share count's too high. And, and I think actually think it's fairly, probably fairly valued today for, okay. for what it is. So I, I keep it a hold, yeah. but this is probably a better business than it appears to be today. Okay. All right, now Kyle wants a view on SG Fleet Group, the, uh, mm. the fleet management company with, uh, well, they say employs 700 staff and has over 143,000 vehicles under its management. Yeah. A lot, a lot of that um, comes from a big takeover. They just took over their largest competitor and they are now the largest in that novated lease segment by so a long dominate. shot. So they dominate. Um, again, this is actually quite a good business. Um, their returns are good, generate lots of cash flow. They pay a lot of that out as dividends. So for people looking for income, this is actually a really good income idea. The only problem with it really is that um, there's just not a lot of growth left. Um, they got this deal done. I don't think they'll be able to buy anything else. A competitor will probably um, mop up Eclipse, which is a, a smaller competitor in this space. Yeah. And then you'll have a nice cozy oligopoly in this business and everyone will earn reasonable rates of return and eke out probably 2% growth a year. Yeah, okay. So it's a slow growing business. It probably deserves low multiples, but it will spit out lots of cash flow. If you're a, a shareholder who wants a low risk investment and you want, you're happy with sort of five, six percent a year, you can probably get that from SG Fleet. Okay. Yeah, okay. look, anything with car, automobiles, uh, if you haven't realized they've run, uh, you miss something. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll just actually, it's funny, a friend of mine was just saying he bought a new car and it still won't be delivered for a month or two. Mm. He said, I could sell it back now and make three mm. grand. Wow. Yeah. So that's welcome to inflation in stupid world. Um, so this is what's happening in that industry. So everyone in that industry has had a good run. Graphs, right? They, this is another one like the uh, O-Media Outdoor. This one is also an industry that's consolidated down. Mm. Um, and yes, it, it is one of those ones where where do you go from here? Um, it's good. I think it does relatively well. It's, it's a basically a play on the economy. As long as the economy is doing okay, this will be doing okay. Um, but the problem is, I think the upside is limited. You, you know, the market's priced that in. And if you look at the share price, you're back to what it was pre-pandemic. Yep, sure. Uh, and that's priced in. So you just, you know, if you're picking 10 to 15 stocks, yeah, this, is not, opportunities in, this is not in your top 10. Okay. 15. Mm. Uh, what about 1300 Smiles? Would that be in your top 10? Mike wants a view on that. The, uh, uh, it is basically a roll-up model, isn't it, for, for dentists? Yeah, look, I mean, this and... Uh, my favorite, favorite Pacific, Pacific Smiles. Pacific Smiles. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, both yeah. of them, you sat there and said, uh, it's the same thing happened with a lot of other ones. Like, if you think of um, um, Steadfast diagnostic, and diagnostic oh, yeah. imaging right. as well. Mm -hmm. um, all of those ones, everyone thought with COVID, lockdown, they're going to be affected. And yeah. then the numbers come out afterwards going, no, actually, it wasn't. It's actually, yeah. they all play catch up. And so they've all done well. Everything with the health services have done well. And this has been one of them. Oh, look, again, I, I post-pandemic, I wasn't sure how it's going to come out. But the numbers prove that they're all very good models. And, you know, the market knows that. Um, yeah. So I'm, I don't think you're getting any surprises. Again, I'm a fan of these roll-ups when cost of borrowing is falling. Um, but when cost of borrowing is rising, you've got to be a bit more careful. Mm. Uh, I mean, they've done well. The same, mm. I mean, same with Pacific as well. And I know Grove's going to say that's the most 
under uh, under understood <laughs> completely misunderstood uh, yeah misunderstood but in <laughs> yeah. reality is i think they, they, the management's good both of them have done well yeah, and yeah. and the the trick here is everyone knows that and yeah. it's priced for that again okay. if you're picking 10 15 stock this is not going to be yeah. for me yeah i be careful calling these a roll up so both 1300 and pacific smiles they run. They don't even run dental surgeries, really. I think One Three Hundred has a couple Space. that they do run. Yeah. What they do is control the surgeries, and the dentist who works independently comes in and leases those surgeries yeah. and works them. So they get a revenue share of the amount of dollars that the surgery generates, but they don't actually um, own the dentist. The dentist is a self-employed individual who collects um, his own patients and. Right. Um, and he works for himself, or he yeah. or she, actually mostly, mostly women actually yeah, in these yeah. surgeries, um, yeah. they work for themselves and, um, and they lease property and services from these companies. It's like a shared office model, isn't it? It's exactly what it is. It's, it's we yeah. work for dentists. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and this, is, this business has done okay. The founder um, is, is pretty good. Um, he's done a good job. But you know, when you compare this to Pacific Smiles, I don't understand why you buy this over Pacific Smiles. Right. Um, Pacific Smalls has um, sort of 90 locations. These guys have 30 locations. Pacific Smalls are integrated into the insurance companies, actually running the insurance um, dental clinics themselves. Um, they've got uh, deals with the companies so that when you go to a Pacific Smalls clinic, you actually pay, pay zero out of pocket. Yeah. Um, you need scale to generate those sort of deals. And they've got a rollout for about 200 stores, uh, 200 offices, sorry. Um, so there's a long runway of growth. Um, and all those, all those, um, uh, offices have sort of been highlighted, they've been picked out, yeah. they've been funded. Okay. So the, the rollout story is much, much better. Pacific it's Smiles, way, you'd way be better. buying it. Yeah. I, I would, yes. It's, it's your poor man's yeah. Pacific Smile. Right. It um, is. You want to buy a cheap And the reason it's misunderstood is because every new clinic it opens, it actually looks like it's losing money because it builds out the clinic first, um, which costs money up front, and it takes time for them to establish patients. They start off with one dentist, but build capacity for three or four dentists. Right, okay. So it's year three, year four, where these things start breaking even, and year five, when they start spitting out cash. Right. So every time it expands, it looks like it's losing money. That's the opportunity, because the, the, the novices who just look at numbers, they, they miss, you know, if you just look at, um, oh, the revenue's done this and the profit's done this, you miss out on what's really happening yep. here. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, first five star stocks plus our stock of the day, Boral. Uh, a no from both Nathan and Gaurav. You've missed the boat there. The run-up fully priced at the moment. Uh, wide open agriculture, a, uh, a what on the watch list, a list of both of them. Uh, Whitehaven is a yes from Gaurav, a hold from uh, uh, from Nathan. We'll see about that. <laughs> uh, o, o Media, uh, a hold from Gaurav, uh, a yes from Nathan. Uh, SG Fleet, a no from both, 300, one 300 smiles, a no from both, um, but Pacific Smiles is a yes, a better alternative. Uh, here at the call, we have our own fantasy portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July, thanks to our partner, Nab Trade. Any stocks that get two thumbs up from our expert panel goes into the portfolio. Stock comes up again sometime in the future, even if it's in front of a different panel, it goes out. Let's check some of the ones that have uh, or how it's been performing. Fat line ball for the week, up 6% for the month, wow. up 35 and a third percent pretty good. since 35. the 1st of good. July. Some of the stocks added. Mm. All right, wait for the sound effects. Magellan Global Fund. Domino's. Oh, yes. One yeah. of the best businesses on the ACA. Yeah. L1 Long yeah. Short Fund. Yeah, I like yeah. it. RPM Global. Oh, yes, we know. Yeah. I love that uh, stuff. Yeah. Ramsey Healthcare. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some of the stocks removed. Steadfast, Whisper, and Bravura. 
I can, uh, uh, I them all. Steadfast, I don't know. Mm. I'll keep steadfast, yeah. yeah. I think it's a, okay. Uh, if you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, time for a short break, but first, a quick note for you. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be hosting a full day live stream virtual event called Small Caps Big Ideas. Now, with 10 of Australia's best fund managers, each presenting and revealing their one high conviction small cap company. So the fund manager will talk about how they invest in small caps, and then they'll bring along their favorite small cap chief executive. And um, Nadine Blaney and the fund manager will then interview the small cap chief executive. As part of each segment, we'll speak to the C-suite, as I said, on their company's plans for the future. You can register now at osbiz.co forward slash big ideas. That's tomorrow uh, here and uh, we'll be doing it all out of here. And uh, there's a lunch break where you can put your feet up, grab a sandwich and you hear from uh, Gaurav Sodhi and also Clyde Walker from A Rich Life. We'll be talking about how they analyse small caps rather than just big fund managers. So it'll be a lot of fun. All right, let's uh, get into the second five stocks and uh, Gaurav uh, Rory wants a view on MA Financial, uh, previously Molus would be interested to hear what the panel's thoughts are. Mm. Um, I, I always thought Molus, I know Andrew Pridham who mm. runs it because he's chairman of the Swan and uh, also Molus's chairman is Jeff Brown who looks as though he's sort of been talking about a takeover coup of Collingwood. So it's very football oriented, the executives there. I always thought it would be a mini Macquarie Bank. That's exactly how we refer to it internally. Has it, it lived up yeah. to that? I think it has, yeah. Ah. Um, it started off with a really uh, high-quality, well-regarded um, personnel team, yeah. and they've just grown this business relentlessly over the years, and they've gone into specialisations that have been quite surprising, I think, and, 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 but they've gone even beyond that. So from what I understand, they actually control a lot of the Chinese money coming into Australia. Mm. They're the fund manager of choice for Chinese um, cash coming in. High net worth is, that's yes. right. There's a lot of, um, and, and that's not actually, that, that may sound very easy and not very important, but, but think about the distribution channels required to get that money, yep. um, the trust and the relationships needed to, to maintain those flows. Like that, that's hard to do, and they've done it really, really well. Um, they've also set up a really good research business, and um, there's a whole bunch. Uh, Mini Macquarie is exactly what we call it internally. Right. We've had a buy on this stock for a long time. 
we haven't been able to get it into the funds just because it's extremely illiquid yep. and um, we haven't been able to buy any stock um, for the funds but but for research um, subscribers it's, it's been a buy for a while I, I really like this business I, I think um, it always looks a little bit expensive but mm. with these companies you've really got to value the um, the management and the culture and sort of the trajectory a little bit you, you got to you know with some companies you apply everything you learned sort of in investing school and all those lessons are enough. And with other companies, you've got to forget everything you learned in investing yeah. school and, and, and work with experience. And, and this is one of those businesses where you've got to forget everything you think you, you've learned and you've got to use your business instincts and commercial instincts to, to, yeah. to make a judgment of it and value it. I still think it's probably okay. It's a bit dear, but okay. Um, we're still recommending it as a hold and I think that's where I'd settle to. Okay, amazing. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's interesting. Like, there's a lot of stocks that we're talking about today are poor man of someone else. Nah, yeah, so you're right. So this is another poor man <laughs> of Macquarie. Yeah. This is poor man's Macquarie, and um, it is what it is. And mm. it's basically, it was a classic open up play. Yeah. Um, and with the bar holdings and the pubs, um, and it had a big run. So we were in it for that cycle. Um, is it priced in? Look, we got out of Macquarie, um, and we think most of those are priced too well. Right. Um, so. If you're getting out of the big boy, you definitely get out of the small boy. So these things, I think, are priced for what they are. I'm not chasing them here. Um, in, in the current market, we think there's a substantial window of risk at the moment in the markets. And these are the ones that are priced up. And this is illiquid compared to... Yes, know, if it I, is. If I, so this is the mm. part of the cycle where if you wanted to have this exposure, you're going to the big boy like Macquarie. Because if it goes wrong, you can get out. Um, for a fund manager, this will be one of those ones where... Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people have done well because of the recovery cycle, but it's a crowded trade. If they want to get out, they'll leave a trail of damage. So that is not where you want to be. So you've yeah. got to manage your risk return. So I just don't see a huge upside here in the short term. Um, I'm waiting for a pullback, and I think we're in the middle of that, uh, or early stages of that. And you'll know when Macquarie bottoms out. When Macquarie bottoms out, this will see a bigger pullback, and you jump okay. all over this. I tell you what, when the ASX had goes through a crisis or a panic, um, MAF, uh, Macquarie and Australian Ethical. Those three stocks, just close your eyes and buy them. Every pullback you can get. I think they'll, okay. they each for oh, the next 10 years, it's, a listed, have a great it's, it's more or less a listed PE, right? Yes. Yeah. So you just yeah. buy yeah, all the listed PE. Really you buy West Farmers, you buy, um, what's their? Infratel. Yeah? Infratel. Infratel <laughs> uh, and yeah. Goodman Group. And that's it. That's your list of PE yeah. list. Right? Right. You just buy all of them after a bash. On pullbacks, okay. Mm. Uh, what about money, me? Harry wants a view on that, mm. Nathan. The the digital uh, credit platform. Yeah, um, I mean, trading update was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I think at the moment, uh, you know, if you're in fintech, if you're mm. not doing well now, when are you going to do well? Um, so in that context, I think they're doing well. They're in the right place. Um, I just. I'm a bit skeptical on the concept that everyone sees that. Yeah. You know, if you're a fintech and you're listed, everyone is after them, right? Um, and every, like, all my friends in, in broking are all chasing to list the next fintech uh, or raise money for the next fintech. <laughs> so there is a cast of thousands. Yeah, if you're around at the moment, yeah, the I know. pipeline, but, but let me the, tell you. But that's, that's, the nature of the, that's the nature of the cycle. Yeah. We are in that cycle. It's the nature of the cycle. And... This is when people are sitting there going, well, I've got a multiple here that I should use before it goes away. Right. And it makes sense. And so you know, I'm, I've been staying out of tech for a period of time and I haven't changed my mind. Uh, okay. The growth value is playing. I'm not chasing it, but it's interesting. Again, it's one I'm keeping on my list, but it's not chasing fintech. Yeah, this is a sector you have to be really careful about because um, 
businesses here can choose how fast they want to grow. They can choose what profit numbers they want to hit, largely by deciding how much business they want to write. Mm. So management has a lot of discretion in choosing their own growth profile, and they have a lot of discretion in reporting how that actually goes. So you always have to be careful here. This piqued our interest because 60% um, of the stock is actually hold, held internally by management, and that is a crucial differentiator. I would not buy anything in this space without serious management ownership in it um, because of all that discretion. Yeah. Um, but this is actually surprisingly very attractive, I think. Um, mm. So it's a, it's a lender. So they take money from, that they've got from a bank of a lending facility. Yeah. I think it's about $150 million. And they lend it out to in small parcels and make a margin on that. Now, the gross margin is about 40% or so. Um, when you whittle, whittle, whittle it all down, it looks like they're making sub-20% margins on it altogether, which is actually quite good. But the, it's the, the, the two good things they have going for them is that the delivery of the... Um, the, sorry, the distribution of those uh, loans is is um, uh, is made and um, perfected for the app, um, and that's mm. a real differentiator. Okay. That everything has from day one been set up to be app based, and for the young demographic that these guys are going for, very slick and very impressive. Also, their customer acquisition costs are some of the lowest in the industry. Eighty percent of all their customer referrals are free. Um, so they don't pay for them at all, which is unheard of in this business. Yeah. Um, and the other reason I really like it is because the numbers look really bad. And that tells me, A, that management has been really conservative about the way they've grown the business and handled and reported their numbers, which I quite like. But it's also a measure of the accounting rules. And, and people won't be aware of this, but there's an accounting rule that says every time a business like this originates a loan, they have to recognize the likely impairment on day one. So right. every time, as the business writes more loans, it looks like it's losing more money until it, it starts, you know, until it goes into multi-year rollout and, um, and all those losses off. come off and the profits right. start rolling in. So we're at the stage here where the loan origination is still recording losses, but that's going to flip around very quickly if we extrapolate right. the growth rate. I still think this is a really interesting business. Small allocation, high risk, uh, but a spec buy for me. Spec buyer, okay, yep. at these levels, perfect. All right, mm. now Jason wants a, uh, a view on PWR Holdings. Jason says, I think Gorad knows this business really well. Yes. Um, we'll love to get his view on it. Of course, they're into uh, uh, cooling systems for mm. VH supercars, Formula One, mm. sort of really high end. Uh, this is probably my one of my favorite listed stocks on the ASX. It's definitely the, the best stock I don't own. I'm a, uh, car, I'm, a, I'm a car yeah, knob. Right. Yes, I am. Yeah, Thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> You'll be right either way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, anything automotive um, in the office gets passed straight to me. Um, and that's how we came across this business as well. It's because I'm interested in it and I came across it. But it's actually a fantastic mm. business with one of the best CEOs I've come across. Oh. Um, and I've, I heard this quote for him, which I just loved him instantly. He said, uh, I heard a podcast with him and he said, mate, I live, breathe and shit radiators. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, well, this guy is a guy I want to be My invested. Sort of man, yeah. and I want to be invested alongside this guy. Uh, I can talk for ages about this company, so I'll try and whittle it down. Um, they specialize in radiators. Radiators cool engines, brakes, oil yeah. um, and batteries. And um, you might think it's just a large block with lots of um, pathways yeah. for cooling, but... In F1 cars, every radiator in every location of the cars, about 12 in F1 cars, Good. they are specialized for each car on each track. So in the Melbourne GP, every car's radiator will change um, on the next GP because there's a wow. trade-off between how much you cool and how much uh, um, 
uh, aerodynamics uh, go into um, the, each radiator design. And you have to manage that trade-off differently in the, on each track. So these guys have a 100% market share in F1. They started off with nothing about 10 years ago. They drove Marsden, the only competitor, out of the business. Oh. So they've, they've given up and quit um, right. F1. And all the other car companies have come in line. They won Mercedes, which was the last holdout. They won them last year. So 100% oh. market share, monopoly on F1. And they get integrated into F1 at the start of the season. So oh. very difficult to dislodge. But um, I and think that's probably worth about... Supercars and all that sort of stuff. Is it worth this price? Uh, is it worth this price? High? What you need to do is you need to, it's, they'll never get there from F1. You need, the market is now baking in um, growth from other sources. So calling satellites, calling data centers, oh. calling specific oh. um, military applications, right. and most importantly, calling batteries. Um, that stuff is all growing nicely, but it's, uh, I think, about 10% part of the business, so it needs to grow a lot more. It breaks my heart to say that I don't think we can buy it at this price. Okay. I think you need to see a five right. in front of yeah. it to buy it. But great business, love yeah, it. Look, Ask um, about it again, and we yeah, can talk yeah, about yeah, it again. Yeah, we'll keep <laughs> All the yeah. macro is good, management's great, um, and growth's right. I mean, apart from the fact that it's a bit illiquid, it's mm. you know you tick every box, yeah. um, and it ticks a box that it's a bloody high multiple too. Yes, uh, so yeah. you're buying a lot, uh, and again, you know, this is a market where you've got to be a very, very discerning buyer. So you know, we're in a market where I'm selling Macquarie, Goodman's and waste farmers right. that tells you where we are right. so this is a sell you, okay. you, know, you come back later um it's one you keep on the shopping list it's a yep. great business but you don't pay stupid take numbers. your profits and come back yeah. on a pullback all right uh sandeep wants a view on satire uh Nathan, that's oh. a big online <laughs> uh retailer oh. of luxury brands hasn't been listed long yeah um something like 1300 luxury brands 160,000 products that's your very much your millennial luxury yeah, it's online. Gone, well, it's, since listing, it's gone four times. Yeah, yeah good. Um, I mean, you've walked into a thematic that's worked really well and they've executed well and the market yeah. loves it. Um, yeah, I'm not chasing. Um, okay. I'm, I'm waiting for them to execute as the market starts to stabilize. The amount of online guys now getting to um, old school media for advertising to make sure that they hold on to the market share as the dynamic yeah. settles down. Tells me there's going to be a bit of a wobble that's going to go through in a, and how that industry settles down and how much the online retail versus um, bricks and mortar and how the consumer yeah. spending that plays out over the next year. So I think a lot of optimism has played into a lot of these stocks. I just got to see how that plays out on the other side. So I'm waiting for okay. these guys for the next couple of results and see how the numbers stack up. I'm going to start with a sledgehammer, then I'm going to bring out the scalpel. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is a strong sell for me. Oh, a strong okay. sell, strong avoid, uh, warning lights flashing all over it. And now for the scalpel. Um, <laughs> our analyst actually bought this stock to us a couple of weeks ago and said, I think there's some really strange things about a billion dollar business on the ASX. And he, he highlighted us to us pages and pages worth of red flags. Um, waving, right. and then um, the, over the weekend, the, the AFR um, wrote yeah. an article um, yeah. highlighting some of those flags, but not all of them. Yeah. A few of those flags, for those who aren't aware, is that so Setire Nathan described the business perfectly. It just it's a it's a reseller of, of yeah. luxury goods. Um, it has no agreement with any brand. So how it sources its material is an absolute mystery. There have um, been allegations and reviews a that say sale type stuff is an old factory outlet type or stuff. Or who knows where yeah. they get it. Um, we don't know how they get their stuff. 
Uh, and that's, that's a problem for, for customers because you don't know, you, you can't guarantee the authenticity of the goods, yeah. but it's a, it's a problem for the brands because they, um, they want to protect the resale value of their goods. So mm -hmm. if, they, if they can't control the, uh, the, yeah, the sales the channel, they're not going to support this business. Yeah. And as this business scales, it's going to have to find ways to get more product to stuff through its channels. Yeah. And that's going to be a problem for it. It's already a billion dollars. Okay. We're running out of time. All right. Um, yeah. The other big thing we don't know about it is the founder, there's no information on him anywhere. This, this, this listed from a business called Arctic, Arc Technologies, no information anywhere. No one knows how they get their stock. Um, no one knows yeah. where it came from. I think this is, there's too many questions here. I, I don't know why you'd buy this. Oh, they're listing right. so, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, our final stock, Sam wants a view on McPherson's. Once described to me as, <coughs> they're the guys that uh, make everything in your bottom kitchen drawer and your bottom <laughs> bathroom drawer. Everything That's from very good. facial wipes, <laughs> cotton pads, mm. uh, baking cling paper, wrap. cling wrap, yes. aluminium foil. That's good. That's, uh, I like that. That's quite good. Uh, this is easy. This is a sell for me. This is a lousy right. quality business with poor quality management. They got a takeover recently. Yeah, they got two takeovers, yeah. and and make no mistake, those takeovers away. are not an indication of strength. Yeah. It's because it's a lousy business with lousy management that they're getting takeovers. Okay. There's a collection of brands here that are worth more if you break them up, and that is a strong indictment on the performance and management of this company. Sell. Yeah, yeah it's it's one of those ones where. Mm. I'll go against Graf here. Um, it's one of those ones that it's so ugly. No, it's, it's, no. Not, it's, not, it's not one of those. And, I, and I think it's a bad business. <laughs> yeah. but, but this is where I think you've got to think of someone like a Boral and you sit there and go, mm. they stuffed it up so badly <laughs> that someone else came the in and Boral said, The Boral had a good business better. in there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But these guys this have enough brands. No, I, I think it's worth... Mm. I, I don't think this is mm. going to shoot the lights out, but... I don't think the dancing cards are gone. I think there's a, I'm not, this is not in my top 10, 15, or not even right. the top 100. So but you're not saying buy it? No, I'm not saying buy it, but I think you've got to right. keep that in the watch because mm. I think this is one of those ones, if you see a management change, I think it'll be a right. catalyst. So you want to okay. wait for either management change or someone pushing into the board by buying up shares. If that okay. happens, you look at it. All right. Let's recap the final five stocks. MA Financial, the old Molos, uh, a hold from Gaurav, a note from Mathan. Uh, Money Me, a speculative buy from uh, from Gaurav, no from Mathan. PWR, a sell from uh, oh. Mathan. Um, <laughs> Gaurav is, loves the business. Both of them agree, buy it on a pullback, but it's just so fully priced at the moment. Uh, Setire, a, probably the most aggressive sell um, that I've ever seen on um, it's a, it's a on, on the call it's here a from Gorab, mm. uh, which uh, mm. and a wimpy no from Nathan, uh, <laughs> and uh, McPherson's a mm. sell from Gorab and a watch from Nathan. Gentlemen, thank you kindly, Gorab Sadi from Intelligent Investing. Good to see you, mate. Pleasure. As always, Nathan, mm. always great to see you from Deep Data Analytics. Mm. Uh, if you want any stocks for us, the panel to look at. Email the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Reminder, all the stocks in the calls portfolio, ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, and also, don't forget, another reminder, coming up tomorrow, we'll be hosting a full day live stream virtual event. Not here on Ausbiz, but a separate live stream event. Small caps, big ideas. Ten of the best small cap money managers, each presenting their high conviction small cap company that they choose. 
the chief executive of that company will be in to be interviewed by the fund manager and also Nadine and the team here on Ausbiz to register. Go to ausbiz.co forward slash big ideas and uh, fresh from its own investor day, join us later uh, for Oil Surge MD Kira Wolf. Um, who joins us live. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Ausbiz. That's it for us. A lot of Ausbiz ahead of us this afternoon. Don't go away. Back after this. Mm-hmm.